Mountaineer Nation, come on out to the porch. We've got a midweek showdown in Blacksburg to preview for you. We've also got a special guest coming in, Michael Sussman, who has uh, been the Peter Ducey of the West Virginia football press room this season. So it's going to be interesting to get Mike's take. We're typically pretty positive out here on the porch. Mike, a little different on Neil. We're going to get into all things Mountaineers versus Hokies. And uh, hopefully we get the great restart continually on that climb upward. You guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee. Fill stuff. It's in the evening, grab the drink. Come on back. We're going to talk about how the boys from BPI are going to take the L on Thursday night. Time to put those Hokies in their place and fry the bird. Let's go. drive. Will it be lucky or unlucky? Number 13 for the Hokies. Fourth down and goal. About eight inches away from the goal line. Randall is under his center. Power eye formation. Randall barking signals. Hands the ball up. Sucks his stop short. West Virginia gets the football. That was Grant Wiley. Grant Wiley stopped Lee Suggs with 3.51 to go. And there is pandemonium on the Mountaineers sideline as the West Virginia defense has held Nation back out here on the porch. We got a uh, special guest here tonight with us, Zach. CJ unable to, to join us. Um, kind of a little tired, I guess, and tight schedule. And so Mike uh, Sussman's coming in here joining us tonight. Mike, uh, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Blaine. Uh, ready for VT, man. Let's go. How you doing? Hey. I'm I'm doing good, buddy. Hey, the boys from uh, VPI uh, coming in here. I'm excited for it, Mike. We, for those that don't know, I mean, Neil's got a little chippy with you. I hope that, that he's as chippy with the Hokies on Thursday, buddy. I I, I definitely hope so. I mean, Jesus, like <laughs> I, I want to see some chippiness somewhere. I, I mean, yeah, every week he he kind of hasn't shown me the love. It's okay. I don't I don't really need it. Last week, he, he just didn't really want to talk about Virginia Tech. I said, you know, looking ahead next week to Virginia Tech, you know, what do you expect? 
he's like, we're going to focus on this one. And I mean, I just think 65 to seven over Towson, and I'm sure you're planning on getting to it, is uh, that's just a glor- glorified practice. But I mean, I'm not, I could go on that rant forever. But uh, to Neil Brown should want to talk about Virginia Tech. I mean, let, let's spice up the rivalry a little bit. Let's get going. But he wouldn't do it against Pitt either. At the outset, what do you see from Virginia Tech just based off last year? Um, yeah, we'll talk about Virginia Tech on Monday. Let's talk about this one. You know, I, I, I respect Virginia Tech. Brent Pry will have those guys ready to go. Um, I've watched them their first two games, and they've played extremely hard. But we'll, we'll talk about them on Monday. But it is what it is. We'll see what we got this week. <laughs> hey Zach, are you are are you are you here, buddy? I'm uh I'm not here for that take on Neil, but hey, <laughs> teach their own. Different strokes for different folks. I I love it though, but I, I will say this real quick. I am kind of with you on this, Mike. About he should have been willing to talk about Virginia Tech on Saturday. Like I I, I kind of feel like you're almost the Peter Ducey. Um, in, of the White House press corps right now in, in that room. I think that's a great comparison. Absolutely. I'm just trying to expose what should be obvious to everybody in their play every single Saturday. He's the head coach of the Mountaineers. What do you mean he's not ready to talk about Virginia Tech? Let's go. I mean, Maybe on. not in that moment. He's trying to enjoy the first win of the season. It's been a little Over while. Hey, but, hey, hey, but wins a win's a win. Hey, Zach, but I'm going to say this real quick. I think we all knew, like, we're playing this game in five days. Like it's the great restart. It's back to two and two immediately. So like, I feel like, Hey, let's go, Neil. We should have talked about it right then and there because that's what's on everybody's mind anyway. Oh, I feel you. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying Noah Neil, I mean, he'll, he'll address that on a Monday. Like he always does. It's an FCS team. And he told me the same thing after JMU and we haven't gotten better since that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Hey, that JMU team's a little bit better than this Townsend team. And I think he's got a better version of the Mountaineers than what he had back then, what he was left over from Dana. Um, but, hey, well, I mean, granted, the wins aren't there yet, but I think that we're, turn, we're getting ready to turn the corner starting Thursday. I guess there's always a corner to turn. I, I'm, I, I don't know about you guys. I'm saying this is a big Dante Stills game. Grant Wells has shown he can be rattled. I think this game's on the D-line. It's going to have to be, too, because Dante was a no-show against Kansas. He was getting double-teamed the whole game, so I think this is an opportunity for him to have a big bounce back on national TV, no less. It, even if he doesn't get the, the the stat line, isn't kind of filled, but if he's creating pressures and he's making Wells kind of think about what he's going to have to do and gets him off his point, gets him off his mark, that's all we really need out of him because I think we'll do a good enough job stopping their run. And when Grant Wells gets rattled, Grant Wells will throw away the football. Believe me, seen it Ask when he was on. quarterback at Marshall. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I've seen a Grant Wells play a, a half. Now, Grant, I don't know the situation. He was also a true freshman. Running game was like pinpointed on where he went one of nine. So if you get the heat on him, you know, you you can put Grant Wells – into a panic real quickly. I mean, we all saw the ODU game as well, right? Like, that wasn't Brutal. great. Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, eh, not, not, not very good, right? Like, like, like a boomer would say. Uh, I'm, I'm of the opinion that um, our defense is going to continue to get better as the season goes, Mike. I think that's one thing that maybe I'm kind of hoping and, and banking on this year is that we've always been strong defensively in the Neil Brown era, right? We haven't had the ability to score, but now we have an offense that's pretty explosive. That could turn the tide in some games, and maybe you win a few games, and then you feel a little bit differently about Neil than maybe you feel right now. There are some things that I like on the defense. I'll give you that. Uh, Lee Cobe of the first game looked really good. Uh, Jordan Jefferson against Towson got in the backfield a few times, and he's he's been a guy – uh, the last couple seasons that, that, that's made an impact. Uh, you know what you got in Dante Stills. My concern is a corner. Uh, I don't know about you guys, especially after after the injury to Woods uh, against Pitt. Right now, uh, just as far as that guy that can match up one-on-one, I'm, I'm a tad worried about that. Oh, there's no doubt. And we, we touched on that a lot after Kansas. 
I mean, Woods was a huge loss, obviously a, a big, you know, first team Big 12 preseason pick, a guy that you really were going to, you were going to truly rely on in this defense in the back half. And losing him not only takes that guy that you mentioned can go one on one, take a lot of the pressure off the secondary, but it forces the guys behind him to move up into roles that they may not be equipped to handle. So we've kind of seen what can happen with that between the second half of Pitt and basically the whole game at Kansas. It was just a free for all. But thankfully, it seems based on the news that came out on Saturday that hopefully Woods will be able to come back maybe around the middle of the season, which is exactly when we'll need him. I'm hoping he's back by Baylor, Zach. I don't know about that. It looked like the same guy that did Tua surgery back when he was at Alabama. He came back from that in four weeks after the surgery and played. So that would put that put Woods back around Texas around Tech. Baylor, right? Oh, Texas Tech. Okay. Yeah. So not not terrible. Better better late than never. Yeah, let's hope we can get some dubs before then, though, right? Obviously. Um, I, and I think that's that's a good question you, you raised, Mike, about, man, what are we going to get out of the secondary? Because we need it, and we need it now. Like, these guys have got to step up. Um, I think the front seven can be very good. They weren't against Kansas, but, hey, Kansas, they might be eh, pretty good, right? I mean, like, hey. Pretty like good. Dana, yeah, pretty good, right? <laughs> I mean, like, hey, Dana, Dana and those Houston Cougs look – horrendous not not against it and you know i mean when when sam brown is getting in a fight with somebody on the sideline and to kill shorts is breaking it up like that's dana's operation down there now in houston kansas torched him i think kansas might actually be like not the end of the world loss in the grand scheme of things this year as maybe people are thinking it is like they're not bad so daniel's he could throw it downfield, and he was really elusive with that option. We're not going to see another quarterback ball like that, though. That dude's like, a ball player. Hard to stop. I don't think we're going to see another quarterback like Jalen Daniels, which, man, maybe that was why our defense looked so bad. Like, schematically, VT's going to play a lot like Pitt did, and we played all right defensively against Pitt. Yeah, especially if that front seven can get the kind of pressure it did against Pitt, which, from the sounds of it, seems like Tennessee was able to get quite a bit of pressure on them also when they played. But, you know, Tennessee's a pretty solid ball club this year. There's no doubt about it. But I want to host game day this weekend. I mean, are they really? Who's, who's oh, yeah. Versus, versus Florida. Oh, that's hey, it's a good, good ball game. Hey, you know, Pat's going to enjoy that trip down there to Knoxville. Oh, you know it. He's already hey, talking about it today. He's going to be saying Rocky Top. There's no doubt. <laughs> So I want to mention something about that Kansas loss real quick, just to kind of close the book on it, because I feel like we're we're ready to get on past it. No reason to lament. But if you – I was telling this to multiple people over the weekend. If you don't play Kansas when you play them, and they're the team that they have shown to be so far, say you play them week eight, they're a four and three, five and two team that's shown they're much better than people think they would be. They're not the same old Kansas as they used to be. Not the same kind of loss, especially because it wouldn't have come off a horribly heartbreaking loss against Pitt. That loss just came at the absolute worst time against a team that, you know, nobody knew that they were actually pretty solid at that time when they beat us a, a week ago. There we go. It was this an untimely bingo. loss. It was an untimely situation but that's just kind of how the chips fall sometimes if we still had standards as a program we would have fired neil brown the monday after pit yowza is what it is he at that point is he's blazing take he's (laughs) 500 at that point he just lost to the biggest rival on a huge stage he's that 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 should have been that should have been a a bombshell listen there's no no silver lining there At at that point how many close games had he blown and his best wins are, are, are middle of the pack. What, what, what was it, over over a 16th-ranked Kansas State, a Virginia Tech team that ended up being bad? That Kansas State team didn't end up being any good either. Those are Neil Brown's best career wins. What are we waiting for? We've seen enough, guys. We've seen enough. Listen, I, between, between the COVID year 
the recruiting that he's had to do, that whole overhaul, you can tell the guys that he's bringing in have the ability. It's a matter of making good decisions and doing the things you got to do to win. But I will say one thing about your comment. If they had gotten housed by Pitt and then lost to Kansas in that manner, just not ready to play defensively primarily, I would at least give some credence to what you said about firing him. But they they competed their asses off against Pitt, and at least they didn't have any quit against Kansas for what that's worth. So, I mean, there there is some time for them to make a recovery here. It's year four. He is 17 and 20. How long did it take Lincoln Riley to get a rolling? It's is this Oklahoma? Mind. Is this it's Lincoln Riley? I don't think the comparison is necessarily takes, fair. He takes over a program. If, if you're wired to win and, and you're, you got a mindset that, that we're, we're going to do it right now, that, that's powerful. I've never sensed that from Neil Brown, not on the field, not in his interviews. He, he's, he's, just, he's just, to me, to, to succeed at the Power Five level, you've got to have a certain dog in you, quite frankly. You see it in Nick Saban. You see it in Jimbo Fisher. Well, when, when do you ever see Neil Brown just, just make a decision that fires you up as not only a fan of the team, but, but uh, West Virginia? Because it matters in that, in that role. It matters in that spot. And that's why the pit loss was so disappointing. And that's why the Kansas loss was a natural disaster. If we go one and three this week, I mean, I don't, we better find a way to get 20 mil some way, somehow. That's a different story. And t- Blaine, I'm not trying to continue to cut in here, but no, that, no. Is a, that is a different story. Losing the VPI would be a different deal, especially as rough as they've looked. Not very convincingly good at all. But you mentioned Saban, you mentioned Jimbo, and you mentioned Riley, who, is kind of in a league of his own as far as young coaches are concerned. But you mentioned Saban and Fisher, two elder statesmen, two of the more winningest coaches of all time. Neil Brown is still a young coach. Like, there is time for him to get his stuff together. And if it happens here, it happens here. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Obviously, we all as Mountaineer Nation hope that it happens in Morgantown. It's yet to be seen. But, I mean, I understand this is the fourth season. People get a little antsy. It's fine. Give the man a little more time. We'll see what happens. I I think that we continue to see what happens this season. Right. I think is I think that's what we need to really kind of look into. Like after the Kansas loss, it was rough. But if Kansas is actually a legit team, like you said, Zach, later in the season, okay, I can kind of get there a little bit. Also, I think it's important to note the fact that he won five games in year one with what Dana left him was a minor miracle. That's um, fair. And then the year two to win six in that bowl game was was a pretty good year, all things being considered. Now, granted, you left you left some games out there on the field, Texas Tech that year. You also had a game with Texas. And I remember Neil Brown going for it on a fourth down to try and win it against Texas. Last year was a little uninspiring. Let's be honest about it. Had had some games you should have won that you didn't, lost in the bowl game. This year, obviously, yeah, to start. I'm going to say this, Mike, about firing Neil after Pitt. I wouldn't have because the only thing you could have done differently is went for him on fourth. Granted, I think the O-line was taking over the game. That's hindsight at this point in time. The Kansas loss, like you said, Zach, a lot of fight, right? Kept playing. Game Thursday, it sets it up for the rest of the season because you win that, you're 2-2. Two and two. Big 12 play really gets rolling, even though you already are in the hole in it. We're not going to play for the Big 12 title, let's be honest. But it's about being and getting back to being a respectable, solid program this season with JT for Neil Brown. If he can beat Texas or Baylor and we're 3-3 three and three with winnable games against Texas Tech and TCU, granted we haven't beat Texas Tech, but we owe, we owe the Red Raiders. And they got a whole new regime going. They lost one of their best linebackers. You know, who knows what else happens by then. And TCU, we've owned them at this point. And it's in Morgantown. I think we've got a chance to get to make turn this thing around, fellas. I really do believe that with Daniels at quarterback. And that's the biggest thing. Like you talk about last year being uninspiring. Let's just let's just call it what it is. Daggy was not a power five quarterback, despite him being, you know, the top of the conference passing yards, whatever. People can cite that stat if they want. It's not relevant. He was not a legitimate quarterback. And you see what Daniels is doing with the same cast of characters that Deggie had at his disposal last year. I mean, he's making them look like stars. That makes a huge difference. This offense is absolutely humming. And obviously, C.J. Donaldson, which I'm sure we'll talk about shortly, he's obviously a big part of that too. 
but this is what I'm talking about. Like Brown is capable of recruiting and bringing good guys in. His decision to stick with Daigie last year, questionable. Definitely understand that. We're past the Daigie years. Hey, you were always about we're Gary on the climb back. steadily. You were always about Gary Green. I'll give you that a hundred percent. Hey, it was it was better than the alternative in my opinion, but you know, I'll I'll die on that hill. <laughs> Wait, At least hey. he had some dynamic wheels. Yeah. Showed a little bit sure. of, showed a little bit of that on Saturday. That's 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 for sure. Maybe we see a little bit of that Thursday night, potentially. Hey, why not put green offset from Daniels? Let's get weird. 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 Weird get weird. Weird get weird. Hey, let me ask you this question, Mike, real quick here. Yeah. Obviously, at this point in time, Neil, 18 and 20, after the win versus Townsend. Uh, 18, my bad. I, yeah, I know. Hey, it's it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> it was Townsend. The graphic's been out there. <laughs> You're good. You're good, brother. <laughs> when when do you – what makes you turn the corner with Neil? Like, if we're sitting there against Iowa State and we're potentially 6-3 and three, and have weathered this type of storm, are you like, okay, maybe this guy's all right? I'd what like what see, do you need to see? I, I would like to see eight and four because you get the FCS game. I consider that a freebie. Uh, we blew the Kansas by. Right. So but, but let me, but Mike, hold on, hold on real quick. I get where you're going with the final product, but what I'm saying is like, this is a, it's, it's kind of like we've always, t- you kind of joke and like, I mean, trust the climb right now. Everyone's saying fear the decline, whatever, you, whatever side of the mountain you're on with it. Grind out eight and four, beat an Oklahoma or an Oklahoma state. And we're talking where well, I'm noticing. But it's it's got to be competitive. It's got to be we got to be in relevant games nationally. That seems fair. Okay. But so let's say let's say you find a way to get back to a bowl game at six and six after an zero and two start. Then it's where more, are you then? More of the same, and I'm done with it because that's what we've had. So He's, starting zero and two and then finishing six and four wouldn't possibly change your tune a little bit. Six and six. I understand. I'm not talking about the final the final record. I'm talking about where you. Went from where you started. I mean, you ride the emotional ups and downs of the season, sure, but end of the day, all we're talking about is the final record. I get it. So let's let's. It's kind of weird how one and game big wins. Kind of big wins. Are, or do you have quality wins? Are we are we are we pulling out upsets? Are we beating the, the best teams in the Big Twelve and taking advantage of those moments? That's what's going to turn the tide, largely for me on Neil Brown. But then, like I, I like, I don't expect West Virginia to be a powerhouse program. We're not Ohio State. We're not Alabama. We we are not good enough to be dominant, but we are good enough to be relevant. And I don't, we're not going to win every single huge game and and rule the Big Twelve. But but give us a chance late in the season, at least tease us. Come on, let's let's hey. let's 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 be in contention every now and again let's knock on that door of winning the big 12 i think we have enough resources as a state as a program to do that much totally mike agree. mike i think that's where we're, we all are at right i think we all want this team to be consistently an eight to nine win program with a chance every now and again and every now and then you're yeah. gonna have a down season i think dana literally took us to to the ground right and I, I don't mean that in the wrong way. He obviously won games. He was able to, to patch work and find find uh, some players and win some games. But he didn't he didn't put in the work at times that I think was potentially necessary to really set this program up foundationally. And then Neil took it over, and that's what he's been doing to this point in time. And from all accounts, people that know this stuff, they say he's kind of got it back to where foundationally it's a good program. I mean, you saw the depth Saturday out there on the field. Granted, it was Townsend, exactly. but the execution was I mean, still and, there and amongst the backups. Like, I mean, Donaldson was a kind of a find for us. Like, and then he was obviously able to pick a, a good recruit in Daniels off the, off the wire. So, like, I'm thinking maybe just maybe there's still a chance for him. Like, and- I. Can, can we also reference what Dana's record was at times during his tenure? And he was given how many years? Eight? I mean, he, he had time to try and see if it panned out. Why not allow the same patience for Brown? Especially considering what he was handed over from Dana's tenure. I, I understand that it's different, but 
I mean, Neil Brown has had chances to win fans over, and he hasn't done it. What, mean, in what way? Like, what what would you consider? Because I think if, I, if Dana hadn't won that Orange Bowl, you know, he had a lot of goodwill from that. And it was with playing a, with a lot of another coach's recruits. He came out with great talent, but a master freaking game plan that absolutely blew the doors off of Clemson. That was his moment, and he seized it. He took advantage of it. That's and then what happened after that? Mediocrity. Mike, that is up very- and down, up and down. We were relevant at times. Mediocrity. You had eight wins or more two seasons after he left. Other than the Skylar Howard win where he coached his ass off and found a way to get an extension somehow exactly. that year where he played real smart and you rode a defense in a run game to ten wins. Other than that, he was I don't think he really was a great coach Mediocre. ever for us. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Now There's green no now granted, but- we were relevant because we scored points and because people thought we were in the big big east for some of it and we also we had a chance with Greer and those guys let's let's go ahead and say that for what it is sure. to put eight wins on Greer both times is kind of unfair because you lost a couple ones early when he was trying to figure it out and then he got hurt and then the eight and four year where he doesn't even play the bowl game and he lost in two of the most heartbreaking games that you, you could lose to, to the Oklahoma schools so they were relevant that year so that's kind of what you're looking for Mike but like he only did that a few eight. times as well. So, like, let's see if Neil can do that. Now, I think he can't. I think, bro. He can't. Well, he's in his fourth season. He's two games under five hundred, and you get an FCS game every season. I so those think, really don't even count. I'll, I'll, I, 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 I kind of understand where you're coming from here, but let me, let's say this: let's see how this thing plays out this year with JT Daniels. That's my. Let's point. just see how it goes. I understand it, being on alert, but play yes. the wait and see approach. I wouldn't count them out yet. Now, now, if they don't, if if we end up sitting here and we go five and seven, I think there's a real conversation that exactly. has to be had. I'm just saying, wait and see. I think even seven and five, I'm giving them a little. I'm I'm okay with it. Agreed. Considering where you started, well, we'll see. It also, depends on how the bowl game would go. You know, exactly. Seven and five with potential for eight and five. Yeah, it's and that's not necessarily like this amazing summit for a program, but Hey, it's a lot better than where you started. And then maybe next year, maybe JT decides to come back or, or if he doesn't, you still got some talent, Nico or Goose Crowder, you know, they look pretty good or Garrett green. Maybe you're finally building that depth and that, and that foundation to where it's really good. Like you think about, you know, the Steelers in the NFL, when you have structure and you have kind of a foundational, pillar and everybody knows what's going on sometimes that works a lot better than if you're always making change and i'm not sure it's time to make change quite yet with the mountaineers i do want to let we we could talk about this part of it all day but we've also got to talk about this football game thursday because it's huge right cj take it away The Black Diamond Trophy, Virginia Tech, West Virginia University, maroon and orange, old gold and blue, a rivalry dating back to 1912, 53 times they've met on the field, West Virginia holding a lead of 29-23-1 in the O series overall. Hall of Fame coaches have walked the sidelines in this rivalry, Frank Beamer, Don Neal, plays Highlights that will live in the annals forever. From Jamila Dye's big time hit over the middle on a rainy afternoon in Blacksburg, Virginia. To Grant Wiley diving over the pile at the goal line on a massive stand. To Michael Vick on a cold night in Morgantown breaking the hearts of so many Mountaineer fans as Virginia Tech continued to march toward a national championship appearance. While this game may not have the cachet that the backyard brawl does, to many in both fan bases, it still means so much. Bragging rights for teams that used to once be conference foes and played every year, to now, both fighting for respectability in their respective conferences. This means so much to so many people. For that beautiful, beautiful piece of coal, the Black Diamond Trophy is up for grabs.
Now, Mike, your thoughts on the actual game Thursday. Like, do you feel good about us going into this game, or do you think that we're we're teetering on the edge here? I feel great about us going into this game in all seriousness. Uh, JT's licked the lights out wire to wire. Going into the year, I wasn't sure if Bryce Ford Wheaton could be a number one wide receiver. I knew he was good, but could he be that feature guy? And I think he's proven that pretty much every week this season. Uh, so I feel good about everything the Mountaineers have going on offensively. And, and defensively, the, like I said earlier, the defensive line just has to pin its ears back and, and go after Grant Wells, uh, who's, who's a talented passer. He, you know, he, he early on in his career as a freshman, he, he showed some good stuff, had a good run. You thought he was going to be a career four-year starter at Marshall or maybe um, even – I mean, I guess he did transfer up to another level, but he, he hasn't really met – I don't know. I don't want to say he hasn't met expectations, but he struggled – the last season, season and a half. So I feel good about about where we are, uh, mostly because of the offense, but I, I think the defense is going to be ready to roll. Hey, Zach, you got to love the positive. You got to love the positivity there, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about the positive. It's an optimistic podcast when, hey. when able. <laughs> I, I, just, I just wanted to – I wanted to make sure, Zach, you were still on board with and, and heard what Mike had to say about oh, it. Oh, of course. Like what's also been said tonight. So. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, you know, Mike, you brought up the point about BFW and how good he's been to this point in time. He didn't even put up the, the crazy numbers Saturday against Townsend. They got him out there. They kind of robbed him of a touchdown. I feel like he's going to get an opportunity to make a lot of big plays Thursday night and potentially could have a monster go off type game against the man to man coverage. The Hokies are going to play on the outside all game. Yeah, I think Saturday was about just getting a lot of guys the ball just to kind of boost confidence. Like, I think they were feeding Prather a lot just to get him going. Um, Which was with, nice to see. Yeah, it's good. Definitely. He needed that. Uh, and hopefully he gets gets the run. Uh, well, but yeah, Bryce Ford Wheaton can go up one on one. He can make. He can high point the football and make plays that way. Uh, he's really quick, and I think just the chemistry between him and JT, they've thrown a couple of really nice back shoulders. That's promising. So you like what you see from those two for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I would really like to see a breakout game from Sam James because it's kind of been a while since we've seen that from him. You know, he gets his 50, 60, maybe 70 yards, handful of catches, but I'd really like to see him do what he showed early on in his career that he was capable of. That would definitely help us out in the slot to see Sam James kind of go off and have a game. We need some um, of that. I, I think I think the key, obviously, uh, I think the key to victory on Thursday night at Lane Stadium there, with how hostile that place is going to be, is – being able to run the football. I mean, mm. I know Virginia Tech gives up supposedly 1.5 per pop on the season, and there's supposedly this great rushing defense, right? I mean, one, one and a half yards of carries, insane. But versus the competition so far they faced, I think we're turning into a pretty good rushing offensive line unit, right? And an ability to kind of maul guys and, and create holes. And you've got Donaldson and you've got Mathis. They still like Johnson as well. Man, I think you ride that and, and, and just kind of put this myth that the Hokies are a great rush defense to, to bed right then and there, and then that allows JT to just go crazy and maybe takes him away from the man-on-man coverage with Wheaton as well. But, like, I just feel like we're going to have our way offensively with these guys, uh, even though it's Virginia Tech and they kind of have this program and tradition of being this great defense, you know, the lunch pail, inner sand man being all tough. I don't think this is this unit. That's not them. You know what I mean? I'm with you. And I, I think that leaning on the run game is definitely a good, good way to wear them out early on, especially on the road on a short week. Try and get them on their heels and then pop the roof off, get it down the field, and put more points up than Virginia Tech's able to match because, I mean, this isn't a team with any semblance of offensive firepower. I mean, the three teams they've played are – average at absolute best below average most likely and the most they can muster is 27 so i'm thinking we should be able to outscore them regardless but i'd, I'd like to make it a pretty healthy gap and i think everybody else would too 
I'm a huge C.J. Donaldson guy. Mm. I like the way he runs. I like the way he blocks. I like the way he talks at the podium, too. Very charismatic. Uh, if you bounce a question off of him, he, he gives you a nice, like, substantive response. I, I've, I've enjoyed the post-game press conferences with C.J. Donaldson. That has nothing to do with, with the on-the-field play. But I, I just he runs hard. He's a huge guy, gigantic. Um, somebody that big breaking the hole very well too. You know, somebody that big breaking off an eighty-two yard or two is noteworthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And well, I like I like the stable too. I'm not saying Faye's mad the side of the game plan, but I think Donaldson's your guy. I think we're seeing that. Oh yeah, and I think it's just a matter of like they've talked about for a long time now conditioning with him. Right, he's not used to being the running back. He's still learning this position, guys. Well, That's the crazy scary. part. Apparently, apparently he, somebody asked him about that the other day, and I guess a couple practices into his his first camp, I'm not sure if it was in the spring or the fall, he actually made a transition to running back. So it was it was early on. He was recruited as an H-back tight end, yep. but he made the switch early. And oh, that's yeah. one thing I'm looking forward to seeing because, you know, obviously his background is more of a receiver. Obviously he made that transition a little later, but – him getting into the passing game a little more is definitely another wrinkle that I'm excited for them to start utilizing. And I, I'll have to say this too. I mean, I'm with you, Zach, on that kind of wrinkle with the him coming out of the backfield catching balls, kind of make that screen game really, really explosive. But man, I love his vision on runs, his ability to cut back and kind of see the hole and let things develop. It's it's next level. One cut and go for a guy that age and for him to just be so explosive, that is very, very impressive, honestly. You don't want to see that coming downhill at you either, especially no. smaller defensive backs. He's he's 240. Every bit of it. Donaldson is. It's, it's, it's like a, a, a slightly smaller, faster Jerome Bettis in his, in his heyday, right? Like – he and maybe if we saw him at Notre Dame, I don't know, maybe not bust. That might not be a, a fair comparison for Donaldson. But, I, you know, uh, I, I don't have one yet for him. I, I kind of want to – Mini, mini Derrick Henry? Mini horse? Uh, that's – I don't know. I think he's a little bit like kind of – his running style is different than Derrick Henry, I think. I'm just saying from a stature perspective, I mean, Henry's obviously a massive dude. Donaldson, I mean, <laughs> he's a pretty huge guy. He kind of reminds me of, and neither, you guys might, neither one of you know him, Curtis Enos, old Penn State running back, was really good. Um, that's who Donaldson kind of reminds me of. Played for the Bears for a little while, mid-90s. CJ would have ate that up, but. Yeah, you lost me. The, the, old, yeah, the, old, the old timer there uh, is asleep on us. Um, so, hey. Hopefully we don't go to sleep with Inner Sandman on Thursday. Mike, have you heard anything about what they're trying to do to like simulate kind of crowd noise? Was there anything crazy that they were doing there in the building to kind of get ready for that or just kind of standard stuff? Uh, I, I have not uh, listened to the Monday press conference where I guess he's ready to talk about Virginia Tech. Um, <laughs> if, if they are doing that, I'm not sure. I've been uh, – to Blacksburg twice for Virginia Tech games. One was actually a VT versus Pitt game, and Pitt lost. So that was just a weird range of emotions because you kind of hate both. You don't know which way to go. Obviously, you root against Pitt, but it's still weird. Um, <laughs> You're just waiting for Bain to come out on the field and blow shit up. Pretty <laughs> so, Enter Sandman's crazy. That That is a for real insane college football tradition there. I think – I think they'll be ready, though. I don't think it's what it used to be. I don't think it's Beamer era Virginia Tech. Hey, speaking of Beamer, by the way, and I, and I know we're kind of talking about his, his dad's program, but did you see the, the Shane uh, quotes? Oh, hell no. Shouldn't he give up in the locker room? Hell no. What kind of questions that, Phil? Um, we're one and two. We're one and two. We got a bunch of fighters in that room, and um, and give up. That's not a part of this football program. Get out of here, man. With that, no. Oh man, he was pissed. It was it was some fire, Mike. I, you, you're you're getting off easy compared to what Shane Beamer's doing to the the folks down there in Columbia, man. Just just so you know. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> thankfully. But, yeah. 
But um, worst you're gonna get from Neil is a oh gosh no. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. He's he's not. I mean, maybe but he. That's that's in the press room. He knows how to he knows how to handle himself. He knows how to keep a level head. I feel like behind the camera, he's not as collected as we may think. I feel like he might get to those guys a little more than we might understand. I could be wrong about that. Get on. But I the feel opponent. like he's a motivator when he needs to be. Get on the opponent. Direct that towards the other team. Win us some games. Jeez. Hey, well, I think we've got a good chance to pull this off on Thursday night. Let's kind of get to the prediction segment here. Uh, Mike, we'll we'll let you go ahead and and take the ball and run with the first here, and then me and Zach will follow it. JT Daniels rolls in there. Uh, Just a cool customer ready for enter Sandman in the intro, everything that Virginia Tech brings with it, he's not worried about that. He wasn't rattled in Heinz Field. He hasn't seen phased even with the two losses to start the year. I think he has a go-off game. I think he gets on some people's radars even more than he already has been. I know he's been a high-profile guy for a while. I think JT is going to throw for 350 and three touchdowns. It's going to be another 100-yard Bryce Ford-Wheaton game. A steady dose of C.J. Donaldson. And D-line, the D-line wakes up. Lee Cove is going to go sideline to sideline. I feel really good about it, guys. I don't like Neil Brown, but I don't hate every single player on the Alameda roster. I think they're a far superior team, <laughs> and West Virginia wins 38-14. to 14. I, I, love the, I love the sound of that, Zach. I'm, I'm pretty much on everything that Mike said, and I think that you know, Daniels is going to do his thing. I don't see Virginia Tech slowing up this offense. Nothing has yet. So, I think, obviously, the front seven having a similar performance against Virginia Tech that they did to Pitt would be very encouraging. If maybe the secondary can generate a turnover, maybe two, make Grant Wells uncomfortable as he has a penchant to become, maybe uh, gives us a little more confidence in that backside of the defense. I'll say 34 to 16, West Virginia. Let's go. What do you got, Blake? I like that, Zach. A little 16 action there. Uh, hey, hold them to field goals, baby. Kind of, this kind of weird. defense a little, little turned up. Kind of a weird score. Gonna miss a PAT and then kick a field goal. That I, works, too. I, I like it. I, I'm going to say this, guys. I think C.J. Donaldson's the guy that we're going to be talking all about after the end of this game. And I think Bryce for Wheat's going to have a big game, too. I think the offense is really going to roll here on the Hokies. I'm going to go with a score of 42 mm. to Virginia Tech's 27. 27, Blaine. Dang it. 27. Because, I mean, the Hokies have have gotten 27 every week here the last two. I think they'll get some maybe a late tackle and touchdown, maybe even two of them. Like, we'll kind of be up on them big. I think it's fair to say that our defense is better than the three they've faced so far. I'm just saying. I would agree with that. I I think so. But until we we get a little bit more – until I see it, I'm gonna go have to go ahead and say that I want to see it out of our defense, and maybe they'll maybe they'll get a weird score or two, like it's just a Thursday night game, Zach. I I don't know. I, I want to go lower with our our defense. Believe me, it well, hurts hey, me to see that Kansas score the way it was, 42 against Kansas. But like, I don't see. I don't. I I can't go lower than that, man. That's fair. Plus, Wait until yeah. you see it. Hey, we're all we're all picking a huge cover though. I'm all about that. Yeah, and honestly, I don't understand why this total is so low. Um, it it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know if you guys have seen this or not. Sipping the Vossack run defense Kool-Aid. I guess so. I don't buy that at all. Like, 50 and a half, I think that's an easy Maybe it's because they know Virginia Tech can't score. <sighs> yeah, and maybe that's, and maybe that's kind of why we even beat them even more than, like, than we're even thinking. I mean, that would put my 34 to 16 right in play. It would. It's pretty good, actually. 
I didn't even look at that that over under either. So you know, it's weird though because this the the um the spread in this thing we opened as a three point uh favorite. We went up to three and a half. Now we're down to down to a point and a half favorite. Um people are loving and buying that Virginia Tech home field advantage. And I think once the game starts, it's not gonna matter. Like JT's ready for this. We face this environment against Pitt. Now, granted, a lot of Mountaineer fans in the stands that night, um, but still, still an insane environment, regardless. And he's seen insane environments as well in the SEC. I think he'll be ready for it, and he's unfazed. One thing I want to add, just as we round out the West Virginia conversation, Shane Lyons has been close this year. Everywhere I've seen Neil, I've seen Shane nearby. I don't know if that's normal or what's up with that. I just, I just want to throw that out there. Okay. I'm sure he's taking a, a big stock into what's going to happen with this program. It's obviously the biggest program you've got on campus. So it's it's a huge, huge year for him as well because Neil was his hire. So that's going to make, you know, it's going to make him look good or bad. It's a lot riding on it for Shane Lyons. But if you really trust your coach, are, are you, I mean, I don't want to read too much into it. I don't, I don't know the game. Guys get nervous. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like it's, it seems like if if you if you were truly little, confident, you wouldn't have to be that close. It's a little Jerry Jones ish for you, Mike, right no, now. Slightly Jerry Jones ish, but I do see why he's worried. But it's just, it's just interesting. I don't know if there's anything, and it. it's just interesting. On the road at Pitt, he was he was right there next to the press room. Uh, I'm trying to think. Week two, Kansas. I do not remember. I know Towson. He was sitting in the row right behind me, fourth row, just watching the presser. You know, I don't, I don't know if there's anything in that. You know, he's just he might just be hanging out, but it just it just seems like he's close. Maybe maybe they're buddies. Hey, and and you know what? It's it's fair to say this game is extremely important to the narrative of Neil Brown, uh, and how how hot that seat gets. There's no question. Oh yeah, one and I mean, three, one and three, two and two, coming off of a win at Blacksburg, looks a whole lot different than one and three with two rivalry losses. And that was out. Yeah, that that would be the worst. That'd be one of the worst ways you could honestly start a season. That would have been the no, nightmare scenario. There's no doubt. We talked about it going into the season. I mean, the nightmare scenario would be one and three because you know losing to Towson was just something you would never, you know, possibly fathom. But, Zach, yeah. I think me and you almost even thought two and two is the worst scenario, but I don't think we ever envisioned Kansas being the loss. Right, because we never would have thought that Kansas was that kind of team. And when you when you sleep on a team that is actually capable, then you see what happens. It's exactly what happened. And they still almost managed to come back and win, but mental mistakes got them again. So we start hey, cutting Mike. those out, we'll see some success. Hey, Mike, r- real quick here before we get out of here, I do want to ask you this. You saw Kansas, you know, in person. Do you think they're an eight-win football team? Do I think that Kansas is an eight-win football team? Against the Big 12 this year. They're at 3-0 right now. They're getting Duke Saturday. They've got think, Iowa State. I GCU. think you. I think that Kansas caught West Virginia off guard with an offense – that you don't see a lot, but you don't have that many dynamic playmakers either that can really make it work and throw the ball. So I really, really like Jalen Daniels. But West Virginia was caught off guard. They weren't ready. Then they play against Dana, who doesn't really acknowledge the existence of defense at all. I don't wanna I don't wanna rush into a Kansas is here thing, but I'll give you I'll give you seven. I think that's fair. And I mean Yeah, I think seven's fair. Yeah. For goodness sake. This school has not won more than three games since 2009. So that's, I mean, them getting three to start the season is extremely significant, especially against two programs that are, you know, proud football programs. So I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm with you to a certain degree, Mike. I'm not saying eight wins is necessarily on the board for them, at least this year. But they're trending in that direction, and I think I think seven is definitely in play. Hell, eight is in play. You go five and four to finish that's, the season. That's that's puts you right there. Exactly. And here's one thing I do want to bring up real quick. They won two of those games on the road, so now they're going to come home and play Duke. They're going to come home and play Iowa State. Come home and play TCU. You got a I, six and zero start for Kansas, I even five and one. Kansas might Ooh. 
could be five and one before they play a game in Norman against Oklahoma. So is really what happens when we played Kansas. The way the press passes work at West Virginia, like the, the last seven minutes of the game, you get to go down there. So I was on like the the back uh, out of bounds line, like where the overtime was happening. So like I saw Kansas when they scored, or West Virginia throw that pick six, and Kansas was enjoying it. They were fired up. I mean, obviously that's a huge win on the road, but uh, I mean, I, I hey maybe the Jayhawks are here. Maybe it's their time. I don't know. Rock chalk. Yeah. You know that little slice of pizza at the stadium that's the road team? They were just really enjoying it over there. <laughs> I bet they were that night. I bet they were. Oh, hey, it it was worth it was worth asking because I think if that loss, like Zach said, if it's in a different spot in the season, maybe we view it differently. Um, but Mike, enjoy enjoy uh, Lane Stadium. Don't don't fall asleep. Make sure you you know. Make it through the game, okay? The inner Sandman doesn't get you. All right. I should be ready to go. I've, I've, it, it, it's, it is powerful, but I'll be, I'll be, I'll be ready. It's pretty loud down there. Oh yeah. Zach, obviously, uh, watch, watch party, man. Like ready for it. Good food, everything on the table. I'm assuming. You know it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping to have some shrimp. You know, gotta have, have shrimp. shrimp. I feel like that just sets it off. Maybe you have a little charcuterie board. You know, you get real fancy. Um, and we watch a big win, and then the great reset really starts, and then you got really two big opportunities. And uh, Texas, man, the eyes of Texas will be upon us. So, until next time, guys, y'all take it easy. Uh, let's go Mountaineers. Let's go drink some beers.